25 minutes just before 8. Uh, you're on Rise Firm in 60 minutes. I'm now joined by Dr. Peter Bass. He's my guest this evening. Now, the sun parks at the Kruger National Park in 2016 found an elephant to have died from human tuberculosis. Since then, the park, as part of its efforts to curb the spread of uh, zoonotic diseases, uh, has been leading research in animal uh, TB. And tonight, um, I mean... I suppose in, in, in conversation with various speakers and all my speakers who are experts and pioneering, you know, this research. I'll start my conversation with Dr. Peter Bass. He's going to help us understand, you know, a little bit of what he does there at the Kruger National Park. Uto Odela, he's a senior manager in the veterin- uh, veterinary uh, unit of the wildlife service in the Kruger National Park. Dog, everyone, good evening to you. I really appreciate you taking my call. Good evening, Musa. Thank you for having me on your program. Doc, maybe let's begin by understanding what sort of role do you play, you know, in the Kruger National Park? You know, what sort of role does a vet in the wildlife park play? Yeah, the, the role of a vet in, uh, in wildlife is actually, uh, and particularly the Kruger Park, is quite different to what most people see as a vet doing, uh, in that we don't work with domestic animals. And we also, we're here really to help manage a, a system, a natural system, rather than necessarily treat individual animals. So a lot of our work is about, um, you know, disease monitoring, just to see what diseases are going on, and also managing populations of animals. So a lot of the time we actually move animals from one reserve to another to help with genetic flow between populations and that sort of thing. Mm. Our, our treating of Individual animals is actually only a fairly small percentage of our, our everyday work. Mm. You know, you speak of maybe the variety of work that gets to be done at the park, but what sort of type, uh, maybe what type of projects are being run by the Kruger National Park's veterinary uh, unit, and how does this work into the overall ecosystem of the park? And you know, and and, and also touch on various other units within the park, Doc. Yes. So I. Uh, I believe you're referring to some of the research we do. Yes. Um, because as well as the, the clinical work that we do, you know, like, for example, we're doing a lot of dehorning of rhinos at the moment, but we run quite a lot of research projects in, in various uh, fields. Um, we've done a lot of work, for example, in looking at um, anesthetics in, in rhinos, particularly white rhinos, because we found that... Um, when they're anesthetized, you know, they, they're fairly uh, compromised by the drugs. So we've been looking at uh, what actually happens to them and trying to work out, you know, improved uh, immobilization protocols for these animals. Mm. Um, we've also done quite a lot of work on diseases, for example, uh, foot and mouth disease. Um, TB is another one of our big uh, research areas as well. Mumalang and Kets just joined to the conversation. I'm chatting to the senior manager of the veterinary unit of the Kruger National Park. Uh, that is uh, Dr. Peter Bass is my guest this evening. We're looking at some of the strides and also efforts in the current research that is being conducted there at the Kruger National Park. Doc, in 2016, the park reportedly found a dead elephant, while uh, I suppose which contained the human strain of TB. Why was this found? Uh, or, or maybe why was this find significant enough to trigger, you know, the current research project? Yeah, it it was actually uh, almost by coincidence we found it in that we found this uh, a big bull elephant next to the road that had was uh, had died.
died of something. And when we investigated it, we realized that the, the, the animal was quite thin and obviously had some sort of chronic disease. So we decided to do a necropsy on the animal. And that's when we found that it was uh, infected with TB and, and the TB, in fact, resulted in its death. So when we sent the, the, the samples away for typing, we found there was actually human TB, which really surprised us because um, we, we have certainly bovine TB or TB from cattle in the, in the park, and we've mm -hmm. known that for some time. But this is uh, probably the first time that uh, human TB has ever been found in a, a free-ranging wild elephant in mm. Africa. So that was quite a surprise to us. And, and the, other, the other big issue for us is where did this elephant get, get infected? You mm. know, how did it come in contact? Uh, with a disease that actually, you know, is from a, from a human being. Mm. Um, so that that sort of sparked off the the research we started doing because we were wondering, well, is this just a single incident, or do we have a much bigger problem on our hands here? Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's where the whole research project uh, started from. But Doc, you know. In your view, has this research been conducted in other different species, and what were the findings? Look, we've we've looked at TB in a, in a lot of other species in Kruger. Um, you know, not only our department, but the state vets, and then also researchers from other academic institutions in in Southern Africa, because we found a TB or buff or TB was found in a buffalo in 1990. But this was not human TB. This was bovine TB from mm. cattle. Mm. And and we believe the TB originated from cattle outside the park and then got into the buffalo. And since then, we found it in numerous species uh, in Kruger, um, in, the, in the private reserves around Kruger and in other uh, parts of South Africa. South Africa. And, and I think we're, there's about 15 species now in which we've uh, confirmed uh, bovine TB. Mm, mm. I'm chatting to the senior manager of the veterinary unit of the Kruger National Park, Dr. Peter Bass, is my guest this evening. We're just chatting and just, you know, also probing into some of the research that is currently going on in the Kruger National Park. Doc, is it, I suppose, is it uncommon to find animals with, um, you know, zoonotic disease? And what are the dangers linked to this? Yeah, look, it's 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 not a common finding, um, but I it, it, there's a chance. You know, we're always concerned that it'll become more of an issue, particularly as you know the number of humans on the outside of Kruger increase, and there's more contact between animals and and human beings. Um, so uh, TB is is the best example. Um, we also have issues with. Um, wildlife coming in contact with uh, domestic animals. So, uh, you know, things like um, rabies, uh, distemper, these are, these are all diseases that, that come from domestic animals that, that you know, obviously are associated with humans. And they, they're a risk to animals in Kruger. Mm. And the other thing also, just to keep in mind, is that diseases can flow the other way. Mm. They can go from wildlife to domestic animals or to humans. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, dog, looking at how, you know, the research is, is conducted now, you know, maybe from your unit, you know, how much of a team do you need to carry out such 
you know, research and, 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 and maybe talk us through, you know, the type of skill set, uh, skill set there that is required. Yes. All right. So, look, the, the interesting thing is that the, the actual veterinary team is, is surprisingly small. It's effectively five people. Um, we are also supported what we call an operations unit with, within Veterinary Wildlife Services, and they, they help us with operating vehicles, holding facilities. They help us with the captures, so forth. Mm. So the way that we actually conduct our research, and, and the reason that uh, you know I believe we've been quite successful, is we collaborate with a lot of external academic institutions. So we actually collaborate with people that have that high level of expertise mm to look at particular questions that we have. And then uh, in collaboration with them, we managed to do the research that we do do. Mm-hmm. You know, before I let you go, Doc, you know, considering that, or considering the number of uh, maybe elephants that have already been tested already, um, how many more do you think needs to be still conducted the research on for you to conclude and make, you know, a finalization of the research? Yeah, that, I think, you know, that's a, sort of a million-dollar question. The reason being is that, you know, we probably have uh, in roughly 30,000 elephants, so you're not going to be able to test all of them. So what we're doing is testing a, a small sample of them, mm. uh, and that will give us an initial idea of, of the prevalence of this disease. And to date, we haven't found uh, human TB in any other elephant, so that's, that's good news for mm. us. Mm. So I think once we've completed this stage of the research and the findings continue as they are. Um, so if we find carcasses for any other reason or have opportunities to do necropsies on elephants, we would we would do them and test them. Mm. The reason being is that, um, you know, TB is a slow disease. It can take many years to manifest itself, even in an individual or in a population. So, you know, we could run around and test huge number of elephants now and not really find much, but maybe... 10, 15 years' time, 20 years' time, the, the circumstances may be different, and then that would warrant another look. Mm-hmm. Doc, it was a pleasure having you on our program this evening, and just you sharing some of the intricate details of the research that is currently ongoing at the park, and, and we wish you nothing but great strides in that front, and also, also all the best in also conducting and also providing you know, a conducive and health environment for you know, those animals in the wild. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on your program and uh, just being able to talk to your listeners about some of the work we do. Yeah.